Hello and welcome to our show IVPN Voice Beyond Pharmacy. If you are new to our show, my name is Serene Shakir. I am a co-host of IVPN Voice and a pharmacist. The Beyond Pharmacy series target pharmacists who have non-traditional and unique careers that is not necessarily 100% pharmacy related. My guest today is a very special guest. His name is Iqbal Acha. He is the principal and CEO of Acha International Consulting. He helps professionals and executives advance their careers, build better brand, and create a lasting legacy. He is also a pharmacist and holds a master's in business administration, a senior a senior professional in human resource certification, and a distinguished Toastmasters certifications. He is also an associate professor at Midwestern University, Chicago College of Pharmacy, where he lectures regularly on business topics, entrepreneurship, career advancement, and leadership development. Without further ado, I would like to welcome him. Hi, Iqbal. Hi, good morning, Serene. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. I'm very blessed. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today on a Sunday afternoon. I know you live in Chicago. It's uh, about 11 a.m. So I am very thankful uh, for your flexibility and thank you so much for your time. I'm so amazed and impressed by your career path and I would love from you to introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get here? Sure. I'd be happy to do that. Uh, so I am, as you've pointed out, a pharmacist. I also have a very strong entrepreneurial spirit, um, but I'm also a very you know, engaging um, corporate representative. So over the course of 25 years, I have had the blessing and opportunity to find, develop, and really use the skills that I was able to do to help other people achieve their goals from a professional standpoint. Um, I started out many, many years ago being uh, an independent pharmacy owner, but that blossomed into starting clinical, a clinical consulting company, a business consulting company, a pharmacy technician training company, a medical billing company, all of these things that were designed to help other healthcare professionals get the most out of their skill sets and help patients along the way. Um, in the process of all of this, I also was then courted by and then ultimately got hired by a very well-known organization uh, that was launching its health and wellness division for, an, well, it is nationwide, but it's also now multinational. Uh, many of you know Walmart at some point, I've heard the name Walmart. Uh, they have a health and wellness division, and they had asked me to join them as a uh, human resource or talent acquisition uh, specialist and manager. So for the last 15 years, prior to starting my own consulting company, I worked for Walmart, actually going to colleges, professional events, meeting healthcare professionals and healthcare executives, talking to them about their career goals and finding opportunities for them within the organization I worked for. And it was a fantastic opportunity, met so many people, spoke on stages. Um, and when you have the blessing to talk to people and find out where their what their career goals are, you are also in a great spot to be able to help them find the pathway to help them achieve what they want faster. 
Fast forward to the last 15 months since uh, the pandemic and all the changes that happened, I started my own consulting company. It's called Atcha International Consulting. And I take the last 20, 25 years of my life and I now help my healthcare professionals and uh, healthcare executive clients design tools like resumes and LinkedIn profiles uh, so that they are more attractive to recruiters. I help them prepare for mock interviews and teach them the basic skills of how to impress during an interview. So when they are speaking with the hiring manager or a vice president, that they come across as an intelligent, competent, and actually sought after candidate for a position within that company. And then I also teach new managers and new directors the finer arts of being a leader. So many of us who aspire to become leaders or we are leaders ourselves looking for better information on how to help lead teams, uh, develop our teams um, and develop people. Sometimes there's a communication gap or a persona or an emotional intelligence deficiency. I work with them to help teach them how to represent themselves either one-on-one, small groups or on stage in order to uh, create the best brand that's possible. Oh my God, that is Amazing. So you basically make the magic happen. Like you actually hit on entrepreneurship, you hit on opening your own consulting company, being a pharmacist, then transforming your career uh, from an RPH and prescriptions to HR and uh, talent recruitment. Um, That's a big, I feel like that's a big shift. What, what what attracted you to that, um, uh, to talent recruitment? That's a really good question, Serene. And, and I will tell you that no matter who's listening to this episode today, yeah. at some point they have had an opportunity that was presented to them or that they came across and they were like, this has nothing to do with my formal training, my background, my, my experiences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that I came to recognize, and this is where I'll answer your question is, you know, when you do something well, you can be a great immunization, an immunizer, you can, you know, counsel patients, you can, you know, uh, do great work uh, in your pharmacy or in your hospital or in in any setting. You come to a point where you realize that no matter how good you are, and no matter how much of an expert you are in teaching and training and doing these things, There is a limited scope of influence that you're going to have. It's just natural. You're working in one pharmacy. You may have 2,000 patients that come to your pharmacy, but really you've only developed a relationship with 200. These are people that you know, they're family members, their medical history, you provide for them information. And that's the extent of the influence that you're able to do. Mm -hmm. And so- one of the reasons why I accepted that role and why I found myself you know, in this position, how do I pivot from pharmacy to human resources is I am a very um, engaging person. I love speaking with people. I love listening to other people's stories. Everyone has had a different career. Everyone has had a professional journey that varies from individual to individual. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, when you realize that there is an opportunity for you to move to a different, a higher level, and with a broader scope of responsibilities, that means you have a broad, you have a better chance of increasing your influence and being able to help more people with the same time that we all have. So I mentioned earlier that, you know, when I was working as a pharmacist, I came to a point, I realized that I may have 2000 patients that come to my pharmacy, but I really am only helping 200 people. 
Right. And when this opportunity presented itself, I realized if I could hire 200 other pharmacists that thought, acted, spoke, and educated like I do, then I ultimately would have the opportunity to help not 200 patients, but 40,000 patients every year. Right. And that was the moment for me that I recognized that if I accept that position, which I did, I would have a better chance of furthering my personal mission of helping more people through other people. Wonderful. It's you're multiplying leaders, basically. Yes. This is amazing. Not many people have that passion that you have. So I really applaud you uh, for being the person you are. I mean, Jazakallah khair. I, I will tell you that, you know, I didn't always know that what my mission was. And I think a lot of your listeners may be at a point where they may be asking themselves, why am I here? What am I doing? What is the purpose of me being, you know, in this particular setting as a pharmacist? Why, why am I doing this? I don't want any listener to think that they need to have the answers right away. There's a lot of experiences that everyone has to go through. And usually there are moments of failure that make them recognize, oh, this is why I'm doing it. Um, you know, when I was young, uh, married with two children and trying to you know, get through pharmacy school, I wasn't even a graduate yet. Um, I had already been married. I had two children. I was going through pharmacy school and working full time at a pharmacy um, and still trying to raise two children. Like the only goal at that point was I need to, I need to get a job. Yes. I need to make money. I need to support my family. So loans. as quickly, yeah, gave half the loans, get a, get a decent house and move out of this one bedroom apartment with four people. Yeah. Um, that was, you know, the motivation at that time, but you know, over 10 years when you've tried, failed, try again, um, fail again, try again, learn from somebody else that is doing it right. You learn like, okay, now that I'm at a stable point and I feel that my career or my finances or my education is at the level where I can say I'm, I'm good, then you start recognizing, well, how do I pay back? Like, how do I pay back the people, the systems, the educational institutions, the, the family members? How do I start paying it back to the people who supported me when I was at the lowest point? Yes. Um, and so that's when you start to develop the mission. So how did you how did you do it? How were you able to actually learn and grow and be and still be present? So, Sidin, I'm going to start off by distinguishing the different types of uh, situations because I think that many of our listeners on this episode and many other yeah. shows, you know, we tend to lump the word failure into an all-encompassing terminology. That, oh, if this didn't happen, it was a failure. But I think that there's really three different levels of failures that I want people to be aware of, because depending upon the severity and extremity, the response will be different. So sometimes you're going through and dealing with a situation, maybe on a weekly basis or daily basis, um, and it's not where you want it to be. That is what I would call a frustration rather than a failure. So maybe your boss is not the best boss, but you know, you're still able to function within your role. Um, or maybe you're just having some disagreements with you know, somebody that's close to you um, or a leader that, you, that normally you follow, uh, but has said something that just doesn't fit right. That's a frustration. A failure is really a result of something that has happened. Um, or a failure is when you have tried and things are not going your way and you know that the end is imminent. But there is a third level, and that is what I would call a crisis situation. Crisis is when everything is falling apart. And I would tell you that those are probably, in hindsight, the best lessons that we are taught. 
So when it comes to some of the failures or crises that I've gone through, you know, I have opened seven businesses um, and I've had to close two of them due to uh, insufficient cash flow, due to poor marketing techniques, uh, due to, uh, you know, trying to nego- uh, negotiations um, and working with systems that are not supportive. So here in the United States, for example, if you are an independent pharmacy owner, um, you know, you are trying to establish good contract negotiations with wholesalers so you can purchase the medications at the lowest cost possible. And then, of course, to make a profit, you sell it at a reasonable cost. But in the United States, there is very little opportunity to really set pricing. You work with the third-party insurance companies, and they dictate how much they're going to reimburse you for. Um, and so one of the biggest crises that I faced was I had a 90% of um, my patient base was state Medicaid. And unfortunately, in the state of Illinois, we had such a poor management um, of our budget that I did not receive payment for 18 months. When you're generating $400,000 a week in sales, but 90% of it is coming from a payer who cannot pay you for 18 months, you are unable to not only acquire and purchase more medications, you cannot pay the rent, you cannot pay your employees, and you certainly cannot feed yourself. Um, and so when we recognized that, that that was one, uh, that was a crisis. So you learn to be able to navigate through that by either reaching out to other people that have gone through the same thing or are going through the same thing. And we brainstorm. We came up with ideas of, do we file a lawsuit? Do we contact lawyers? Do we shift our focus away from only providing care to the most indigent and uh, most needy citizens of our state um, to somebody that can pay, or do we try to shoulder the cost? I ended up having to dip in into my children's college funds and also into my retirement savings funds to manage that, to manage to sustain my pharmacy for another six months. Um, And so there are still ways to go through that. And, And you learn, you know, that there are still things that I probably could have done, uh, but I chose not to uh, because it was just too much of a of a task. Um, so those are the types of I think crisis. Again, I break these. I break failures down into three levels: right, frustration, failure, and crisis. Um, and when you're dealing with frustration, I, I usually just ask for sabr or patience. Um, but when you deal with a crisis, you need other people. Impressive. I, I it's just like you can't see my face, but. Uh... <laughs> I'm just in an aha moment. Uh, I bet now people who are listening, they will be they will be like, yes, I've been through this, and and uh, so many others as well. Maybe have gone through the same situations you've gone through. Um, you know, trying to support your business, trying to support your family, and trying to find the best people around you to to really to consult with because you cannot really trust everyone's, or if you can trust, not everyone will be able to provide you um, with the best mentorship, you can say. Mm-hmm. Tell us about um, one of the great uh, great stories, maybe, if you can share with us some some of the stories where you actually made a great impact on, on a person um, to be successful in their profession or to go through uh, some hardship positions uh, in life or work. Sure. Um, I'll stick with the professional side first, because I think that most of the success stories is what I'm very familiar with. And, and when to see 
to see the progression of someone that you have you you can identify the potential in you help nurture them you give them guidance you introduce them to other people and you then watch them take off it is it's like being a parent right you as a mother me as a father you know we pour into our children as much as we can because that's the strengths and the skills that we have and and you watch them take what we give them uh, and they make it something more beautiful and then they just fly away which is great um i've had a lot of those experiences over the years where i've taken i've seen students who come into pharmacy school their first year um with the same cookie cutter response oh i i became a pharmacist because i want to help people okay everybody wants to help people you can be a social worker and help people you can make cookies and help people you can do a lot of different things but what i found was is that i had one student who was just different you know not only was he you know, def- definitely dedicated to increasing and improving the health uh, outcomes of his patients but he was more interested in connecting people and recognizing that there's a holistic approach to how people are you know if you as a pharmacist are just saying well oh, let me take a look at your medications let me see your vitals here's your blood work oh we found the problem here's the solution this is the medication you should take cut this down increase this um, you've only fixed part of the person this individual that i saw and that i still have a good relationship with was very interested in recognizing that while health is one piece wealth is another engagement is a third relationships with your family with friends with loved ones is a fourth and then of course the spiritual connection i was actually able to help mentor him in these different areas because when you just focus on one thing you you're you're able to see them do well but i brought him to several different you know conferences with me and i said hey i'm doing this presentation why don't you come watch me so i did a presentation at a pharmacy event for students i did an, a speaking event on a national stage um i even went to malaysia uh, once and i spoke to front of a thousand people um on a different topic that was non-professional and you know what he learned from me was you know how to command the audience there's a lot of people that will you know when you hear them speak uh, whether they're an imam a priest um, you know anyone on youtube nowadays a lot of times they just come straight out screaming you know this is what we're going to talk about and this is what it is and it's it's very powerful but it's also very overwhelming but there is a way to command the audience by increasing space there should be a listening time so if i get introduced i walk on stage and i wait for 5 7 seconds and i don't say a word and that is a very powerful statement because when the audience is expecting you to talk and they're already in the midst of their own conversation you're giving you're showing them the authority you have and he adopted that that was the one thing that i really saw and then that when he walks into a room he waits until the attention is brought to him he doesn't seek the attention the attention is given to him simply by silence um and so today i mean he has moved you know of course as a leader in pharmacy school post graduation he has actually started multiple different companies on his own that are not pharmacy based but he you know is actually doing insurance um he's actually working with pharmacists and other healthcare professionals to be able to provide for them resources and tools so that they have support and also some security in different areas of their life even though they're pharmacists uh and today he very recently accepted a role with a multinational corporation fortune 500 uh working as a medical science liaison so um just very fascinated with you know how of just a simple act of you know hey come watch what i do let's talk about it what questions do you have 
that kind of mentorship and that kind of ability to help a client and, and help just really somebody become better than what they are today, that, that's a reward in itself. Wow. Yes, that is a great reward for sure. You just hit it right on that you can be a, a 4.0 GPA, but if you really cannot communicate and cannot read uh, people's personality and have this emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. um, you won't be able to make a big difference and big impact on people's life. The biggest thing is is that as a as a consultant or even as a professional speaker and and doing the things that I do, most people have a tendency to immediately come out of the gate with, oh, I have the answer. Yeah. Well, here's your problem. I recognize your problem. Here's the answer. Mm-hmm. In reality, you know, you don't really know what the problem is. You have to understand what the problem is by listening to other people first. Yeah. And so that's what I've learned is that, you know, I I don't. I didn't go to school to learn how to read people, but I learned, you know, being quiet and asking better questions allows allows everyone to create an environment where they feel comfortable sharing information. Yes. Um, um, and that is the art of really good presentation, good communication, good leadership is creating an environment of safety, security, and trust for other people to come to you with their problems. And then, and only then, can you provide some valuable insights and advice? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, many managers and directors should be listening to this episode. Uh, I'm actually, <laughs> it's a it's a great um, exactly. This is what we need all in our workplace uh, f- to feel safe, secure, protected, and trust uh, and trust people around us that they're there to help us and support us. You know what I what I like um, about you so far, so far there are so many different things that I um, I'm so impressed by is the courage. You do have the courage to actually go and discover things outside the box. That's because we all like went to school to be a pharmacist, to know how to read the prescription, to ensure that drug interactions and check all of that, right? Mm-hmm. But um we we're scared. A lot of time we are scared to uh, to grow outside that limited uh, circle that um, you know we inherited from time to time. That this is how the pharmacist should be. Um, but you actually have the courage to really explore. So where do you get that courage from? I wish I knew, Sidine. I, I really wish I knew. I I will tell you that. You know, if you had asked, if we had spoken 25 years ago, I would have told you exactly what most of my clients tell me today, uh-huh. um, that, you know, they, they followed the program, they enrolled, they did the studies, they got their degree, um, and they are done. Like, there's no more learning for them. They've gotten to the most, and, and they'll do their continuing education and to keep their license up, but I'm never going back to school. And, you know, I I was like that. I mean, I... Yes, again, remember, I was married with two kids while I was in pharmacy school. I never wanted to go back to school at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. I went back because I realized that you know I can spend as much time as I want learning um, experience, you know, by by through experience about how to run a business. But without an MBA, I wasn't going to be able to move into a corporate role. I knew that. And I think that, you know, most people that are looking to climb, advance their career and, you know, create a leadership legacy will also identify opportunities today on LinkedIn or any other job site 
And they'll see like, oh, if I want to move into a director role or a VP role, like I need to have an MBA. Um, and that was a motivating factor for me. So from a formal education perspective, my desire to uh, establish myself as a leader within an organization required me to get an MBA. And it was also an interest. I didn't have to go back and get an MBA. I could have gone back and get a master's in public health or maybe a different, uh, you know, a PhD in political science. But it, uh, it was something that was attractive to me. But, you know, when I think about other certifications or other areas where I invested my time and energy into, um, some, some of them, of you know, them, yeah, I, <laughs> but I do have a lot of them. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't do it for those certifications. Like that's the funny thing. Like the MBA was the only degree that I wanted to do just for the sake of having the letters. I'll be very honest and very transparent, but yeah. everything else, you know, going and getting a certification, um, you know, with uh, HR, human resources, that was, the purpose was not to say, oh, look at me, I have an SPHR or a SHRM SCP, mm-hmm. um, you know, getting all, you know, these other certifications as a Toastmaster, I have three of them, getting a certification in negotiations or with the Landmark Association or all of these different things. The certification was a nice plus. But yeah. the education and the training that they taught me, because what they do is, you know, when you enroll in something, you enroll in something now, or at least I do, because I recognize that I have a gap. I'm missing something. I don't, you know, I can talk to you about career advancement. I can talk to, you know, Maryam about, you know, building a better brand. I can talk to your listeners today about how to create a leadership legacy. But if you ask me as an entrepreneur, like what are the best tools that are out there today to be able to, uh, you know, manage your clients? How do you do invoicing? You know, how do you do social media marketing? I, there's no, I didn't, I have to learn that. And so that's why I went back and I got, you know, I got a certification with Google Analytics on the fundamentals of digital marketing. That's why I spend five, seven, maybe sometimes 10 hours every week on YouTube researching uh, OBS or researching Audacity or researching different tools that are already out there and trying to practice. I think you just mentioned earlier, like, you know, I'm, you've seen some of my videos uh, where I'm doing interviews with other people for my podcast. And I so appreciate that you, that you saw that, but I didn't know, I didn't have to, I didn't had no idea what I was doing. Like I just said, Hey, I want to talk to you. (laughs) And then they said, yeah, we want to talk to you too. And I recorded it, but all of the artwork and all of the videography, the digital animation, I had to like research that. And so that's the thing that I tell people, like when you find there's a balance between fear and curiosity. Yes. That's what I always tell people. Like there's a fear like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know what this is. I'm afraid because I don't want to look stupid or I'm not sure if this is the right thing or what if I do it and I fail. That's the fear side. Mm -hmm. The curiosity side is, man, I really love what I'm watching other people do in this space. How do I do that? Where do I get these tools? Who can teach me these tools? There's a balance between this fear aspect and the curiosity aspect. And when the curiosity side is heavier than the fear side, that's what motivates you. And that's where you find the courage to say, let's try it. Exactly. I love that statement. <laughs> so curiosity definitely should overcome your fear. And, and with the mix of all that is your personality as well. So a lot of time, you really have to have that personality. Did you have a good influential parents or 
or a, a environment that you were able to actually have this great personality? Yes. When I think of the influencers in my life, um, my father is probably the best example of the consummate professional. Like here, he is a medical doctor, an infectious disease specialist, a geriatrician. And wallahi, he has been practicing now for 57 years. He's 84 and he oh still God. sees patients. Yeah, that's why I'm like, you know, when you're asking me this question, I'm like, if I could ever think about somebody mm -hmm. that's like, you know, this guy is nothing but, I mean, he's a walking wow. Hippocrates. He's a walking, you know, living, you know, encyclopedia mashallah. of medical diagnosis, mashallah. So from a, from that perspective, he is probably like my role model when it comes to how to engage with patients, providers, different people, and ask good questions and help them solve their problems. But from a personality perspective, actually, you know, the combination of the two was the reason why I became who I am from an opposite perspective. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, you know, very, very, you know, engaging, very friendly, very affable with patients, but very quiet and very reserved with the family, especially in his own family. Like, how are you, beta? Everything is okay? Good. Like, not very inquisitive. My mom, Alhamdulillah, very sweet uh, and very, you know, you know, caring and very loving, but not very engaging. And so, you know, when I would, when I was growing up, I didn't have a lot of people that were, um, you know, showing me how to dress appropriately or dress professionally or speak, you know, with, with different mannerisms and different tonality. It's only when I got into high school and college that I started to see other people where I was like, wow, I like listening to you. or I like watching you speak, or I like, you know, the way that you engage other people. And your questioning is just so different than what I've ever experienced. So today, when I think about people that I consistently look at for guidance, and to be honest with you, you know, you brought this up a few moments ago, Sadeen, like we, most people that want to do more, that want to try to, you know, learn about how to do things, they tend to go straight for a formal education program or a formal training program so they can get their license or certification. In fact, the reality of it is, is mimicry is, you know, uh, imitation is still the best form of flattery. And it's where I would encourage everyone who is afraid, more afraid than curious, to start by trying to copy someone else. That's the best place to start. And that's what I did. Like I was watching people like Les Brown, Brendan Burchard, Brian Tracy, uh, Jack Canfield, all of these people who were talking about things that were critical for how to grow a business, how to engage other people. I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with Napoleon Hill and uh, you know his book, uh, Think and Grow Rich. So these are the kinds of people that I surrounded myself with um, that were not healthcare professionals, but I learned from them to be able to speak, communicate, listen, and then advise and mentor and lead teams. In the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years, I have been very fortunate. I've had the opportunity to lead teams between, you know, as small as six up to 60. I have been responsible for leading organizations that impacted anywhere between 7,000 members um, all the way up to 2.2 million members. So, you know, when you think about that, you have to be aware of how you're presenting, how how people, how you are presenting yourself in front of other people. But then the other side of that is how are people seeing you? 
Mm-hmm. You might think, oh, I said this and I acted like this and this is, you know, my hands and how I use them. And these are the warm tones in my voice. But somebody else may be thinking, oh, you were very cold. You didn't greet us the proper way. Um, you know, you seem like you know more than we do, but you don't even know anything about us. So I think it's important that when we find influencers, we should have a gut check that after watching maybe two or three videos or being in a conference now that things are opening back up again, you know, being physically in place and watching someone on stage, you should be able to listen to your gut and say, I like what she said, or I like what he said. And this is somebody that I can follow because there's no right or wrong answer. There's no hundred percent, you know, Brian Tracy is right. And Les Brown is wrong. Um, There's nothing like that. Because for some people, Les Brown is very attractive and Brian Tracy is not attractive at all. And I think that that's where we need to be able to recognize that we can trust ourselves to make that decision. I applaud you for um, really being sincere. I know that you talked about your uh, current business. You've been, uh, you have your own company. Can you tell us a little bit more about the services that you're providing if I would like to connect with you, how do I find Iqbal? Yes, I'd be very happy to do that. Uh, so from a connection standpoint, I would tell you that the best way and the easiest way to find me is going to be actually on LinkedIn. Um, I'm very, very active on LinkedIn. I enjoy tremendously uh, you know, meeting and connecting with new people. Um, so find me there. As regards to working um, and learning more about the company that I have, you can go to achainternational.com. So acha, A-T-C-H-A, international.com. One of the things, you know, I focus a lot on helping healthcare professionals and healthcare executives advance their career, build a better brand and create a leadership legacy. And what that means is when people want to go from where they are today to either something different or at a higher level, there is a necessity to use and build and create the right tools and the right tips and techniques to help do that in person and in and online. So some of the services that I do today, um, I actually do resume writing, specifically targeting jobs and matching skills and strengths of our clients with them. Um, I also do LinkedIn profile optimization. I do, so I take, you know, skill sets and have consultations with my clients so that I'm able to add the proper verbiage uh, in regards to where they are and what they want to be. So that helps the recruiters and hiring managers find them faster. I do leadership development. So I have many clients of mine that want to learn how to be a better, um, you know, have better emotional intelligence, how to speak on stage better, or how to present important topics to executive board members or to do hiring, training, and development. Um, Those are the things that I do with my clients. Um, And you will see that, like, I also work with clients who are, who know they want to do something different. They just don't know what. And so when we do that, um, I actually go and work with them in terms of being able to explore new opportunities for them uh, and giving them information. So market data about, you know, this is the job. These are the, this is the salary. These are the responsibilities. Here are companies that do that. It's a full service package for individuals who are ready to take the next step in their career, but just don't know how. Wow. That's amazing. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Um, and it looks like you recognized your strength, you saw an opportunity, and you jumped on it, you worked on yourself to grow, and you're helping others to grow as well. So um, I feel okay. like this is like the a perfect 
um, uh, happiness, I would say. If you're trying to be happy at your job, I feel like this is maybe it could be a um, looking at you. It could be a recipe for um, being happy at what you do. So thank you so much, Iqbal. Um, I really enjoyed talking to you today. Um, I learned so much from you and I bet others will learn as well. Inshallah. Um, I appreciate you having me on as a guest. It was very, it was a pleasure to, to be with your audience and with you today. Yeah. And I did notice that you as well um, have a podcast coming up. Uh, yeah, the name of that podcast is called Healthcare and Hire, and yeah. it is specifically designed for healthcare professionals and healthcare executives who want to gain more information, gain inspiration, and even association or building a network with higher level leaders across the healthcare spectrum. Um, and these are people that I've known and met and helped over the last 25 years where they are now bringing their insights and perspectives on career advancement, leadership development, and changes in their industry so people can learn about like, oh, this is what's happening and how do we get on board with that? Wonderful. I am so excited to listen to it. And uh, we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for your time today. Jazakallah. Thank you, Serene. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye-bye. This was my interview with Iqbal Atshah, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. You can do it. Just believe in yourself. Have a wonderful day and see you soon on a new episode with IVBM Podcast.